Hello and welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Darrell rustling up information from the last week or so and putting my independent thought processes into it. Today I'm going to cover police failing to address a hostage situation in time, a woman shooting the mother of noisy children who were disturbing her, Israeli military enforcing collective punishment again, which is illegal according to humanitarian law, international humanitarian law that is, and more. With that, I also want you to know you can help support the show by liking or subscribing on whatever format you're listening to. In addition, you can go to Dakota Rustler dot square dot site and make a donation for as little as two dollars a month or even a one-time donation to help keep this show on the air with that let's get right into the topics Number one, a woman who received a desperate text from her husband indicating he had been taken hostage said Tuesday that she called 911 but that police did not respond until about an hour later, by which time he had been shot and killed. This, my listeners, is why guns must never be banned. Police just aren't quick enough to stop any crime out there. The caller said she told one dispatcher that she believed her husband had been taken hostage, described his car and his supposed location, which was about a mile away from the headquarters of the Colorado Springs Police Department. She was then transferred to a dispatcher responsible for taking Colorado Springs calls. The first dispatcher briefed the second dispatcher on what the caller reported before the caller said she explained what she knew again to the second dispatcher. The dispatcher said an officer would check it out and get back to her, but there was no sense of urgency, she stated, so she drove to the location herself. When she arrived, she said she immediately recognized her husband's company car in a parking lot. She saw her husband slumped over the inside of the car alongside another man, fell to her knees, and started screaming. As other people gathered around, they debated whether they should open a car door after seeing a gun on the lap of the other man, who appeared to be unconscious but did not have any visible injuries. On its online police blotter, the Colorado Springs Police Department said it found two deceased adult males on Friday at the location the caller said was her husband's location. She feared her husband was being held by another man due to a text she had received from her husband which read 911 and send please. The blotter also stated the officers responded to a report of a shooting there at 2.09 p.m., despite the caller having called in a few minutes after 1 p.m., so it was at least an hour. Sounds like a homicide-suicide thing to me. The caller's lawyer said she wants answers from the department about why it did not respond to her call, saying the woman's husband might still be alive if they had. According to the lawyer, quote, 
I can't think of anything that could take higher precedence than a hostage situation, except maybe an active shooter, unquote. So there you have it, people. The police will take their time. They are in no hurry. Too many do it for a paycheck, not actually to serve. Or in the case of Uvalde, they didn't serve anyone at any time very quickly at all, if you remember that. Number two. A 58-year-old white Florida woman accused of shooting and killing her black neighbor told investigators she had been threatened by the victim in the months before the slaying. This is according to an arrest report that detailed allegations of racist threats and physical threats to the victim's young children. In a statement to investigators after the shooting of Ajike Owens, I'm going to assume that's how you pronounce her first name, a 35-year-old black mother of four, the shooter was quoted as saying she had problems for two years with children in the neighborhood not respecting her, including the victim's children who range in age from 3 to 12. So, I guess disrespect is now a reason to shoot a kid's parents? Really? Wow. They keep getting dumber. The shooter told investigators she had a headache and that neighbors were outside screaming and yelling. Kids were running around in a grassy area separating the apartment complexes, including hers. Well, yeah, that's what children do. They go outside, they scream and yell. It's been happening since Neanderthal times. The shooter stated the kids were threatening her and trespassing. But listen to this. She had previously placed no trespassing signs in the grassy areas despite it not being her part of the rental. In fact, she owns no property at all. Why does everyone think they own everything that isn't theirs? Your property ends at your property line, and that's assuming it's even your property to begin with. One child told deputies that on the night of the shooting, the woman, quote, came out of her house and gave the children the middle finger, unquote, and also said, quote, get away from my house, you black slave, unquote. Oh, man, it takes all types, don't it? What an idiot. According to the accused, which is the shooter, Owens, the victim, banged on the door so hard everything started shaking and she thought the door was going to come off. And that she panicked and said to herself, Oh, my God, she's really going to kill me this time after previous threats. That's when she fired a single round from her 38 380 caliber handgun through through the door, I might add. The accused declared that she purchased a firearm for protection after a previous altercation with the victim. The sheriff has said that since January of 21, deputies responded to at least half a dozen complaints between Owens and the accused or about every four months. So basically, what we have is another lunatic with a gun. A lunatic that can't handle the voice of his children playing outside and then decides to shoot their mother. Not only that, but playing in a public use area so it wasn't even her yard the kids were playing in. One word for this woman. Move.
Oh, add three more. Straight to jail. Number three. After years of criticizing mail-in voting and so-called ballot harvesting is ripe for fraud, guess what? Republicans at the top of the party want to change course. They are poised to launch aggressive get-out-the-vote campaigns for 2024 that employ just those strategies. Well, isn't that ironic? Or should I say hypocritical? Apparently, the GOP has discovered that early voting, which Democrats have used for years, helps to lock in many of their supporters ahead of Election Day. The goal is to persuade voters who support GOP candidates that early voting techniques are secure. Uh, I thought they just spent two years saying they weren't. Well, isn't that special? Early voting is now magically secure. Amazing, huh? <laughs> you know, Democrats have stated those claims all along. I guess Republicans are capable of learning something after all. And let us not forget, Republican-controlled legislatures in recent years have acted against early voting, shortening windows for returning ballot boxes, banning or limiting the use of drop boxes, and even criminalizing third-party ballot collection. For the record, I believe drop boxes should only be located at ballot locations, not wherever someone or some organization feels like putting one up. The nationwide GOP plan now emphasizes in-person early voting, absentee voting, and ballot harvesting where legal. Imagine that. Quote, do I think it's the most secure way of voting? No, unquote, one Republican said, who continued, but if it's the law, we are going to have to do it just like the Democrats are, unquote. As for ballot harvesting, allowing someone else to take my ballot and to be sure to put it in the mail for me or a drop box, I have no issue with that. It should be perfectly legal. No different than me trusting someone to put a bill payment or a letter in the mail for me. But yes, if you're a one-party voter, you should probably be smart enough not to give your ballot to someone who you know supports another party. Just saying, be smart, because you don't know what they might do with it. Democrats were critical of the new GOP effort after years of messaging by Republicans against mail-in voting. These hypocritical extremists are only interested in spreading chaos and trying to gain power at any cost, according to the Colorado S Secretary of State, who is a Democrat. You know... Democrats may be policy stupid on a lot of things, but they aren't politically stupid. They play the game very well. Republicans, on the other hand, in a lot of situations, are about half-past ignorant and a quarter to moron. With that, it's time to take a break, but don't go away when I come back. More Horse Sense. For all things Dakota Rustler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. 
The website contains links to media sites, a merchandise store, and a button to donate to the show. Your support helps to pay for expenses of production, as well as research time. Feedback is appreciated, and comments or topic ideas can be sent to the email address listed on the website. Sponsorships are also available if you have a business to promote. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Dakota Rustler Show for the last two stories. Before I get to those, I need to do my usual shout out to Dan Heim and to Vinnie Camilleri who provide the music on the show and also to Arabelle Kimmick who does the voiceovers. If you need her for something, she can be found at arabellevoiceoverartist.com and you'll see her in the credits at the end of the show. With that, let's get into the last two stories. Number four. The U.S. Supreme Court gave a boost to Jack Daniels in its trademark dispute with a dog accessory company that sold a parody chew toy whose label resembles the distiller's widely recognized black label whiskey bottle. In a 9-0 decision, how often does that happen? Authored by liberal justice Elena Kagan, she threw out a lower court's ruling that the gun-laden Bad Spaniel's vinyl chew toy sold by VIP Products LLC is an expressive work protected by the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment. The dispute pitted the whiskey brand's trademark rights against legal protections for creative expression. In this case, a send-up by Phoenix-based VIP products of Jack Daniels' old number no. 7 Tennessee whiskey bottle. In this case, featuring a comical dog theme change like a label reading the old number no. 2 on your Tennessee carpet. Quote, Jack Daniels is a brand recognized for quality and craftsmanship, and when friends around the world see the label, they know it stands for something they can count on. We will continue to support efforts to protect the goodwill and strength of this iconic trademark, unquote, according to a Jack Daniels spokesperson. Lower courts had previously ruled in favor of VIP products after applying what is called the Rogers Test which has allowed artists to lawfully use another person's trademark when doing so has artistic relevance to their work and would not explicitly mislead consumers about its source. And I would agree with the lower courts. I believe the Supreme Court has this wrong despite the 9-0 vote. I could understand if another distiller or a brewer was parroting the trademark, but it's a dog toy company trying to be humorous. No one's going to mistake a dog toy for hard liquor. The difference in the labels are distinct and different enough so you know it's not a Jack Daniels-sponsored toy. You can see the little cartoon dog if you're watching the video of this podcast. It's not mistakable. I certainly wouldn't mind if somebody in a totally different industry parried my trademark. I might actually get more listeners, you know. Attention is always good, even when it's bad sometimes. 
A lawyer for President Joe Biden's administration had urged justices to discard the Rogers test in favor of the more rigorous multi-factor test normally used in trademark infringement cases, which looks squarely at whether the acts would likely cause marketplace confusion. Ah, does this mean I'm agreeing with a Biden lawyer? That's scary. The San Francisco-based Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in 2020 ruled in favor of VIP on two grounds. They said the bad spaniel's toy was an expressive work, shielded by the First Amendment, and that the use of Jack Daniels' trademark was a non-commercial use because it was not used or because it was used not only to sell dog toys, but also to convey a humorous message, and thus had not tarnished the distiller's distinctive mark. I agree with the Ninth Circuit Court. Uh, That's even worse. They make terrible decisions all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, what can I say? Okay, last but not least, number five. Once again, I need to pick on Israel. Clashes erupted after Israeli forces raided the city of Ramallah in the West Bank early on Thursday in what the military said was an operation to demolish the house of a Palestinian accused of a Jerusalem double bombing last year. Israel routinely destroys the houses of those it suspects, yes, suspects, of carrying out attacks as a deterrence measure that critics see as collective punishment, which is illegal under international humanitarian law. So according to Israel, guilty is not a requirement to be punished. That sounds more like a third world dictatorship, if you ask me. The Palestinian Health Ministry said at least 35 people were wounded, including at least 20 by live bullets. Two people suffered serious abdominal wounds, while a third was hit by a rubber bullet which penetrated his skull. A Reuters journalist said a large military convoy arrived in downtown Ramallah, the seat of the Palestinian government in the illegally occupied West Bank, leading hundreds of Palestinians to gather in the area. As a result, some Palestinian youths hurled stones at the Israeli soldiers who fired live bullets in return, along with stun grenades and tear gas at the crowd. Let me make sure you understand this as primitively as possible. According to Israel, you throw a stone, I shoot you. You throw another stone, I shoot you again. How does this even make judicial sense, especially when it involves youths? The military said soldiers were confronted by crowds throwing petrol bombs and rocks and responded with live fire. So, maybe a bullet is a reasonable retaliation for someone trying to light you on fire with a Molotov cocktail, but that generally doesn't happen. I mean, let's face it, Israel, you don't even belong in the West Bank. The Israeli military reiterated its forces carried out the operation to demolish the house of Islam Farouk who was arrested last year on suspicion of carrying out a deadly bombing attack in Jerusalem. I repeat, suspicion of a crime is all that's needed for the Israeli military to kill you. Who are they? Ahmed the terrorist? I'd kill you. 
I mean, his whole family is now without a home. The original attack in Israel killed two people, including an Israeli-Canadian teenager and wounded at least 14 others in what police claim were coordinated explosions of improvised bombs planted at bus stops. Hours before the Israeli raid, the U.S. envoy to Palestine, Hadi Amur, met with senior Palestinian official Hussein al-Sheikh. You know, the timing of this makes me wonder, too. Did we have anything to do with this? Did we warn the Palestinian that the Israelis were coming? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, after all, we are Israel's bitch, just like we are Ukraine's. We do what either country wants. You know, hey, they complain, they want something, we throw money at them, we throw military stuff at them. Why not? In case you want to keep count, but who's counting, as the saying goes... The Palestinian Health Ministry said at least 158 Palestinians have been killed by Israel since January, while Israel's foreign ministry said a mere 20 Israelis and two foreign nationals have been killed in Palestinian attacks in the same period. Again, more math. That's eight Palestinians for every one Israeli. Eight to one. Who's the terrorist regime in that neck of the woods in that corner of the world? I rest my case and I rest my podcast. With that, it's time to leave. You know the mantra. Question authority and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day, and don't forget to subscribe.